Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is your good friend Jimbo here, back with our weekly combat sports show, I guess if you want to call it that. Got some news to talk about. Like last week was a little slow, but uh, BJ Penn decision on his fight with Nick Lentz has come out. BKFC has signed two new fighters to their roster. Chris Cyborg announced who she's, uh, what promotion she's going to fight with, um, probably for the rest of her career now, uh, being 37 years old and towards the end of her career. And we have a big pay-per-view, uh, UFC pay-per-view this weekend, UFC 242, and I'll give my picks for for that pay-per-view at the end of the show. So before we get all into these this news from the past week head over to twitter follow the show at st sports podcast follow my personal one at jimbo st sports you can also follow shoulders at sts o'brien head over to facebook and youtube like subscribe share them with your friends and family help us make this show bigger and better for your listening pleasure (laughs) so like i said uh BKFC, I consider signing two big names, two heavyweight guys, Antonio Bigfoot Silva and Gabriel Gonzaga. Both have fought in the UFC. Both have been in title contention. And, you know, I kind of like these these signings too because the heavyweight division really. It's kind of thin, I I consider. You got Joey Beltron, Sam Shoemaker. Um, you got these two now. You got Sherman, who is the champion uh, right now, Chase Sherman. And Adams, who just lost the belt to Sherman in there. So really, you only have like five or six guys. So it's good to bring these two guys in. I know they're older. Especially Antonio Silva lately has been getting knocked out a lot. I think I saw something that um, he's lost like the last five fights or whatever when it comes to mixed martial arts. He is part of the Glory organization um, for kickboxing. So he started doing some kickboxing again. And he said that he came over to Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship because... He wanted to showcase his his boxing skills, which if we all remember him against um, Alistair Overeem, he he just destroyed him, you know. And I remember watching that; I thought he killed him. And then with Gabriel Gonzaga, one of the better knockouts that I remember him was with uh, Mirko Krokop. He knocked his head into like the fifth row and it was the kick, you know, hurt around the world. But unfortunately with bare knuckle, there's no kicking. So 
I am curious to see how he does boxing-wise in this different type of sport. Now, Gonzaga, the last time he fought was May 18th, and that was against uh, Elamenko, and ended up losing that one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, ended up losing that one. You know, and, and again, UFC at the time when he knocked out Krokop wasn't really that big with heavyweight names. Uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't there yet. I believe Randy Couture was still fighting. And so it was very easy to be considered a title contender in that division. Not saying he wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. So, I mean, you know, it, it was average. So, but... This fight here, I I could just picture now. I could see it both being a uh, a knockout and a double knockout. The only thing I'm worried about is because they are very big guys. What's the what are they gonna weigh in at, and are they gonna gas out? You know, like uh, the last pay per view that we had, it was Soapy versus uh, I forget who his opponent was. But towards the later rounds, the the third round or whatever it was, you could see that they were just tired. They were they were more slapping each other than hitting. And these two, Silva and Gonzaga, are a lot bigger guys than Soapy. So I'd be curious to see if they are in shape as well. No other fights were announced for that card yet too and I just realized the other night when I saw about them signing this I've been on the train for the BKFC trying to help make it get bigger and better and stuff like that and have been behind this whole way more than um, UFC and now I think they're going to really put themselves to the test for myself because Earlier this week, a video came out. Melvin Gillard, who was just signed a couple months ago, who just fought last month on the card, was involved in a bar fight. And I seen the video. Obviously, there's no sound, so you can't really hear what was said. But he stand there and he clocks one guy, knocks him out, and clocks another guy, knock him out. They weren't coming at him. I'm sure they were probably, probably saying something to him about fighting or whatever. Glard hasn't made any comments yet about it. But if BKFC is really trying to be better than the UFC, this is where they got to start. This is where they got to set the standard for their fighters to say, listen, if you're going to act like this, you ain't fighting this organization. You see what uh, Conor McGregor and We'll get to it in a little while, but BJ Penn, Nate Diaz, Habib, with uh, jumping over the cage, you know, there's no standard for the USC to punish these guys because they sell pay-per-views. They'd rather be more WWE than actual fighting. <clears throat> so I would like to see them honestly just cut Melvin Gillard. His fight wasn't that impressive. He threw the towel in, said that his hand was hurt. 
I don't think it was a broken hand because, you know, he's able to make a fist and everything and, and grip stuff, so... It kind of looked like he just gave up. Which is known in his career. I would just cut the ties, not like he's really selling you big pay-per-views. You know who your money makers are already, you know, eight pay-per-views in. I'd say let him go. Now, one person who was let go by UFC, Chris Cyborg, announced earlier this week with Bellator that they will be joining together in a supposedly largest contract for a female fighter ever. It's a multi-year, multi-bout fight. The figures weren't released or anything, but Scott Coker, the uh, promoter for Bellator, said it's the, the biggest contract ever for a female fighter. Now, a little backstory with Cyborg and Scott Coker. They have a little history, good history, compared to Dana White and the UFC. Scott Coker was the promoter for Strike Force, which Chris, Chris Cyborg was the female champion there. Now, a few, well, a couple months ago when it came out that, you know, um, UFC was thinking about letting her go from her contract, I actually wrote an article on bellyupsports.com head over there and check out the forum there too I have some uh, threads going on in there but I wrote about where she should go you know when she becomes a free agent obviously UFC she would probably make a lot more money but the competition's a lot harder I figured Bellator were, was probably the best place for her to go if she just wanted to not necessarily take easy fights but a little bit less in the competition and then one championship they need a female fighter for that division well, I mean a face you know for that division but I really think the met the, the signing to Bellator Kind of helps her out because when I actually did a little more digging into it uh, this past week. They have a uh, weight class for her her class, for her, her weight. You know, when she came to UFC, they, the UFC wanted to make the Ronda Rousey-Chris Cyborg match. Fortunately, she couldn't get down to Ronda's weight class. Which I believe was uh, 135. So now she goes to Bellator, where they have a 145 weight class, which is more of her style, if you want to call it that. And they have a good champion right now in Bud, who has won 11 straight. Now you would think with Bellator signing one of the the biggest female names out there, you would think that they would automatically give her a title shot. <clears throat> Do I think it's right? No, I think when you go to a, a new job, you should always start at the bottom and work your way up. That's how life goes. But 
Bellator is in the, the business to make money, and that's where they would make money. Do I think she will beat Bud? I think she needs to change her game plan a little bit. The past 13 years of being undefeated, she just always got used to just throwing the punches. She has the power. We all know she has the power. And just try to steamroll pe uh, through people. But MMA has evolved. You know, everybody's learning how to counterpunch and better ways to ta do takedowns, whether it's jiu-jitsu or wrestling or judo. She has to be better with setting up her punches, I believe. You can't just, like I said, bull rush in, you know. Maybe throw some leg kicks, get her thinking that, you know, wow, maybe she's switching up her game and then come over with the, the hook or whatever you're going to do to but it could be a good fight, though. You know, you never know. I, I, I expect Bud to be the underdog, even though she's the champion. Just because of Cyborg's name. And in a way, I think Bellator's hoping that Cyborg wins. So they could potentially set up a rivalry. You know, the this new big dog is coming to Bud's home and... Knocks her out or beats her, however you want to call, you know, whatever you want to call it. And Bud's got to try to get her championship back. And there's other female fighters in that division too that probably are better than most of the female fighters in the UFC. I've said it for a while. I, I just don't think the UFC is putting enough time and money t towards. Uh, help bringing the, the, the young females along the prospects helping them get better but I'm, I'm glad for Chris Cyborg that you know she, she got to pick where she wants to go she seems happy and that's the other thing too is you see Scott Coker not never really bash any of his fighters Always positive, always something good to say, even if the fight is bad. Whereas Dana White, you know, you don't go for a double leg takedown, 10 seconds left in the fight when you're mauling a guy. You know, it works for him, fine, but that's why your fighters don't like you. And that's why your fighters are, are starting to leave or asking for releases. The one thing that Cyborg did say... And so I'm kind of pulling for it. If they do give her a championship fight, that she wins. She said that her goal is to become the only female fighter to hold four different major titles in the same division, which she was already uh, the featherweight title in the UFC, Strike Force, and in Invicta FC. So. Hopefully, like I said, they match her up against Julia Bud, and it's not no three o'clock in the morning type fight. Hopefully, it's you know eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. I'll stay up and watch that. One person, one fighter that we're not going to see ever fight in the UFC again is unfortunately BJ Penn. So last week came out that he got into another bar fight about a month after getting into another bar fight. 
And this video is a little disturbing. The first video I got uh, released showed him on top of a guy beating the living daylights out of him. And then the next day comes out that after the guy got up from that video, started going back at BJ Penn, hit him once, and I swear you could hear BJ say, go ahead, punch me again. And the guy punched him and knocked him down to the ground. And he was falling like he was knocked out. Now, BJ Penn's representative, family representative, whatever you want to call it, came out and said that all he was trying to do was defuse a situation that happened in the bar and got to a point where BJ felt like he had to defend himself. And that's where the videos came in. Again, this is two bar fights within a month or two of each other. He's got to find better people to be hanging around with. Like BJ said, he's, he's going to the courts for custody of his kids. Um, he has the domestic abuse allegations from earlier this year going on. He has all this stuff. And you're still hanging around, going out partying, and hanging around not the right people. Listen, I'm all for you going out on the weekend and drinking and have a good time to kind of release or whatever. But you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta know the people you're hanging around with, if they're good or bad. If, if they're constantly starting trouble and you know you gotta keep your nose clean take out the domestic abuse situation for a second if you're trying to get custody of your kids you gotta walk a, a, a straight line you know you can't be messing up left and right here and think the judge is gonna give you even supervised custody of your kids not going to happen and I'm uh, kind of worried that this is going to definitely affect that but I'm even more worried for BJ Penn because it just seems like he doesn't want to get out of his own way and even Dana White who announced that you will never see BJ Penn fight in the UFC again this past week they were trying to set up the, the grudge match between Penn and Nick Lentz for a December fight, but Dana White said on ESPN, that's done, we're, we're just not doing it. What he saw in that video was sad, and it wasn't that the videos broke the, the, camels, the, the straw that broke the camel's back either. He goes, it's just proof that BJ needs to look at himself and get himself right figure out what's the matter and fix it and you know as much as i i shit on dana all the time and everything like that and maybe a, a pr stunt but at least he said you know if bj needs help and he needs my help i'm a phone call away and i really think dana really feels that way you know, BJ came in to the UFC at a young age, 
when Dana White was trying to make the UFC a legitimate organization. And BJ helped build that lightweight division up. Yeah, I mean, he's considered the best, if not one of the best. <clears throat> so I'm hoping for his sake that BJ Penn this wakes him up a little bit and says, you know what, I got to take a step back, get my priorities straight, figure out who I got to cut from my life that is toxic. And maybe I could go to Bellator or another organization to keep my career going. Sorry, a little, little dry in the throat. Not drinking tonight, got work tomorrow. Then, right after work, UFC 242. Yes, it's a 2 p.m. main card starts. Again, I mean, last week we you had the UFC fight night in China. It started at, what, 6 a.m. in the morning. So, at least this one's more realistic, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I'll tell you what, it's a pretty good card. You have the you have Habib versus Dustin Poirier, which should be a really good fight. Both fighters made weight today. A little, little bit of worry for Habib. Uh, the the rumors were flying around that he was having a hard time making weight. Had to use the the towel ring to weigh in, so he had to take all his clothes off to make weight. But at, uh, before that fight, we have Edson Barza. Barboza versus Paul Felder. Then we have Islam Makachev versus Davy Ramos. Curtis Blade versus Sh Shamil Abdurgamov. Mirabek Tesamov versus Carlos Diego Pereira. If I butchered your names, I'm sorry. But other than the Nurmagomedov and Poirier fight, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the Barboza-Felder fight. I like Paul Felder. Not sure if he's ever going to be a champion, but he's he's an entertaining fighter. He makes makes the fights very entertaining. Same thing with Barboza. Nasty leg kicks. They could come out any angle for, for the knockout. So, to kick off my UFC 242 picks will start at the, the beginning of the card, the lightweight division, with Maribek Tesumov versus Carlos Diego Ferreira. I'm gonna go with uh go with Carlos Diego. Don't think I've seen either of these guys fight. I don't have the fight pass, so they may, may have fought on the, the fight pass as a prelims for a UFC fight night or whatnot. But that's going to be my first pick. Then, after them, we have the heavyweight bout with Curtis Blades versus Shamil Abdegarmov. I like Curtis Blades. I think if he gets two or three good wins in a row here, you would have to consider him a title contender for the belt. He just, I mean, I know they're heavyweights, so it's very easy to say he's heavy-handed, but he's, he's heavy-handed. I could see this one being a first round knockout or a ref stoppage due to punches. 
and he he seems like a legit um, nice guy too. So let's go, Curtis Blades. After that bout, we have another lightweight bout with Islam Makachev versus Davy Ramos. I think a lot of people are expecting Islam to uh, to pull this one out, but I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm going with Davy Ramos, and this could be a fight of the night candidate. You know, I've seen Islam fight a couple fights. Same with Davy Ramos. Um, both are entertaining. I mean, that that whole lightweight division, all the fighters are very entertaining. When they, they get in the ring with each other. But this one I, I believe is going to go to a decision. After that one. We have. Edson Barboza versus Paul Felder. Now the last time these two fought. Barboza landed a accidental. Kick to Paul Felder's groin. Which. Ended the fight. With a no contest. Paul Felder couldn't go on. So they automatically said to each other, like they, you know, they definitely wanted to run it back, do the rematch, and here we are. As much as I like Paul Felder, I think Edson Barboza is the more talented fighter, and I think he's going to pull this out with a knockout, maybe a late second, early third round knockout. Then we have the main event. Nurmagomedov versus Poirier. I'll be honest. I mean, okay, Grant Nurmagomedov is the champ. I'm not sold on him being one of the best, you know, pound for pound fighters. I think Poirier could pull this out. He uh, Nurmagomedov beat Conor McGregor, who didn't fight for two years. Um, I'm not buying the whole I wasn't motivated I had a broken foot you know I'm not buying those excuses when you're a champ you can't take two years off and expect to come in and be dominant it just doesn't happen I mean you gotta be a freak of nature for that to happen now Nergamanov hasn't fought for a year so we're gonna see just uh, if that pertains to him as well but if Poirier pulls this off, what are some of the matchups that you would do? Would you put him in there with Connor? I don't believe that should happen. I mean, Connor hasn't won in three years. He lost to Habib. Um, hasn't fought in a year and a half. You know, just everything says that Connor should go back down the lines a little bit and, and make his way back up. So who would you match up? Uh, I mean, do you match up the Justin Gaith Cowboy Cerrone winner? Or, you know, there, there's a lot of questions if Poirier wins. If Habib wins... You know Connor's getting a rematch. Even though Habib's not saying he's not going to get it. It's too big of a money. You know, Habib's corner and father's already talking about how much money they're going to make after this pay-per-view. It's the only 
sensible business thing to do. That's why I don't believe in those those rankings that they do. ESPN, okay, but UFC, if they base off their matchmaking with those, it's stupid. So I'm going with Poirier, though, for the lightweight championship bout. And we'll see you know, what comes of it with the matchmaking. It'll be interesting to see. So I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to BellyUpSports.com. Check out some of the articles. We have everything from video games to wrestling, football, basketball, WNBA. Hit up the forum. Also, when you click the up in the left hand there, the little tab that drops down and you see the forum, all the podcasts that are on uh, Belly Up Podcast Network are on there as well. So give those guys some love over there and give some of them a listen to as well. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.